Play them too. Yes, it's like it's a lot of people take away their confidence. And it's all about confidence. Yeah. It's all about confidence. So. But you know, I mean, think about it. If kids are just, they're doing math problems, right? And I've sat in classes where the teacher is teaching kids how to multiply fractions. And that's always hard for fourth graders. Yeah. How you multiply fractions. It's hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's why we have calculators, right? Um, and if the kid is constantly getting it wrong day after day after day, then they feel like, oh, I'm stupid. I'm never going to get this right. Yeah. Right? And then they think, oh, I'm not a good math student. Every kid can be a good math student. They just have to have the skills and the confidence to be able to sure. do that. Sometimes it's the ones who they're like the stupidest and like still like stick with it, even though like those are like help them become like the the oh, guys yeah. who like really change oh, the yeah. change the world. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. So we have to train the teachers on how to do this, For sure, and to think differently about the way they're designing their lessons, mm-hmm. so that the kids develop more confidence in their skills. So, yeah, we've looked at all that data, and it's amazing. And the teachers say it, too, because the teachers know, right? Mm-hmm. The teachers say, have told us, I can never go back to how I used to teach that lesson because this is so much better for my students now that I know how to do this in a different yeah. way. And do you guys, like, establish a chain where you can empower the teachers to yeah. innovate as well? Yeah. So like the- yeah, because then... Remember I told you we got to work all the levers, right? Yeah. So then we take all that data back to the principals and we say, see, your teachers are more effective now. Your students have more confidence. Mm -hmm. We see their grades are better. Do you see how having that ability for your teachers to do things differently is positive? And so we've had school principals in New York City who've said they're doing it now this year across their entire school. They want us to come in and train all of their teachers, not just their fourth and fifth grade teachers. Because they realize it's having an impact. Amazing. Yeah. Over the past 20 years, what would you say are the most significant technological improvements that you guys have, like, really... So, uh, 20 years is a long time, right? So, uh, think about this. 20 years ago, there weren't iPhones. 20 years ago, there weren't iPads. Yeah, that's just your mother. Right? Yeah, yeah. True. right? 20 yeah. years ago, yeah, most schools, 20 years ago, most schools had the internet, but kids had maybe a couple computers in the back of the classroom, and they used it like, oh, you got done with your work? Oh, you could go play a game on the computer. Mm-hmm. So what we've seen now is you walk into, even here in Los Angeles, absolutely here, because we've done studies here in Los Angeles, you walk in, every kid has a Chromebook or an iPad. Mm-hmm. The teachers are all using it. Kids are learning through it. They're taking it home so they can do extended learning. They can do their own learning. I have to carry a 100-pound book <laughs> Backpack, yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's that's, that's transformed education, right? For sure. Just getting these type of devices that's, you guys, into lower prices. You guys have successfully... We've trained teachers on how to use these things more effectively. Mm-hmm. And we've studied the research over time. The other thing you, is... So, the funding, like people will fund, will donate to you guys and you, you will yeah. buy that for them? No. Yeah, we have. Really? We have, yep. We've done that in the past. We had a, a deal. This is an interesting story. That's amazing. Um, you know Dell Computer, right? Yeah. Michael Dell, right? Started the company. 
So we had a school district in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, very poor. The mo- I've been to a lot of places. I've been to the Mississippi, I've been to Detroit, I've been to Oakland, I've been to New York City. Worst poverty I've ever seen is in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, really? right across from Mexico. I think Mississippi. Mississippi wow. was, was bad too. No, yeah. 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 But Rio Grande Valley, people were living in, in paper shacks. Absolutely. Have you seen any crime when you're there? Like, um, not in the school district. It was elementary. It was, ele- it was elementary. But we petitioned, we got in touch with Michael and his wife, Susan Dell, and they donated a whole bunch of computers to this school. Wow. And then Susan flew down, that's Michael's wife, flew down on their personal jet, met me in the Rio Grande Valley wow. with their three kids because she wanted the kids to see what their wealth was going to do to help other people. How old were kids? They were in elementary school at the time. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're big probably now. They're probably in high school. Um, but she came down and they did it twice and they donated each time over about $250,000 worth of computers in this school district. And here's the best part of the story. And it was so fun because uh, that's a very Hispanic community, right? Because it's around the Rio Grande Valley. They had, um, I don't know that she had ever been serenaded by mariachis before, but they had, (laughs) as she came into the school, they had this huge mariachi band that serenaded her and the kids. It was really fun. And then, but you know what was the best part of the whole thing, Joseph, is that school district had never thought that they could ever get technology for their kids. Mm -hmm. And it gave them a different mindset. It changed their perspective. And they then subsequently applied for all sorts of different grants. And they got more money. And they trained their teachers. So we were like the wind beneath their sails, helping them realize that every school district deserves this type of attention. It's almost, yeah. It's almost like a level playing field between like private schools and public yes. schools. Yes. Yeah. You have this. It's like. Yeah. Only problem is the educators. Maybe there's a difference, but. There is. But yeah, I mean, but it does. It, I mean, it definitely it, so. levels the playing field. I think also it's pretty cool that they visit it in person. A lot of people donate I, I and they know. just don't show up. I know. Like, and she brought the kids. Yeah, that's cool. Twice. You said that's like the peak of like. Your, yeah. That yeah. was. Uh, there's lots of things. There's lots of things. Tell me I more. mean, um, when I. When we were working with a really small school district in Mississippi, right on the Delta, right on the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. high, high poverty, 30, 40% of this little town, people were unemployed. The families were unemployed. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of poverty. It was a historic African-American town yeah. founded by uh, former slaves. Um, one little stoplight. Beautiful schools, though. Beautiful historic buildings. And I said to the... And the superintendent was so great, so enlightened. And I said to him, I said, why why are you so committed to helping these teachers be better teachers using technology? Why are you so committed to getting technology in the hands of your kids? He said, I have to be. I have to help these kids break the cycle of poverty. And this is, education is going to be the way we break that cycle of poverty for them. Amazing, right? Because people could have driven through that little town. It's a little tiny town called Rosedale, Mississippi. They could have driven through that town, looked at it and said, oh, this is just another poor southern town. 
nothing good is coming out of this. Nothing good is coming out of these kids. But they had a dedicated, that's why you have to work all the levers. Mm -hmm. They had a dedicated superintendent who had a big vision for those kids. And he believed all those kids could be successful. Yeah. And you're, all, you're impacting the entire community. All entire the real estate probably goes up. Entire community. Yeah. It's amazing. Fantastic. I sat down there with, uh, I did a focus group with yeah. high school kids uh, in Rosedale. They were amazing, Joseph. They were amazing kids. They had tons of potential. Mm -hmm. And I am still in touch with one of those kids today. Wow. That was like 15 years ago. Wow. I've watched her. I'm connected with her on LinkedIn. Wow. And I've watched her career. It's amazing. Yeah. It's I, very yeah, cool. Well, the program's really good because they can really... A lot of the kids here are like really like focused on profit. So it gives you like a nice aspect of like the other side, like non-profit. Yeah. But like it also shows you a lot of businesses that are for profit that like just do a lot of good. They do. So like there's one guy, the real estate guy, who just goes into like low income communities, makes like a fortune by buying the properties and like gentrifies. But the whole purpose is he every single person, every tenant in the building, he gives like huge checks for education for their kids. That's great. And so like over like twenty years, the whole. Because like everybody was educated, yeah, the whole area became like worth fifty That's times right. more. Isn't that amazing? So like short term, yeah. you're like losing a bit of money by giving yeah. a lot of money, but long term, yeah, you like made a whole like legitimate community from a. Pop, Isn't that like, that's pop, fabulous? Yeah. That's fabulous. Those so, people should be celebrated every day. Yeah, and he makes a lot of money too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. It's cool. It's a lot, yeah. You think that you can only make money by putting people down, yeah. so it shows you another side of... But every single time... I'll give you another story. Um, we were doing stuff in Detroit. Mm -hmm. So Detroit's tough. I don't know. Have you ever been to Detroit? It's tough. Oh, my God. There's so much poverty in Detroit. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, people give up on cities like that. You know, they go, oh, there's so much that has to be done. We, yeah. can't, we can't do it all. But we were working with a school in Detroit mm -hmm. that was for children that had hearing difficulties. So some of the kids were 100% deaf, some just had hearing challenges, right? Wow. So the whole school was, for, so everything was sign language, everything. So we went and we brought in computers for the kids because they mm -hmm. didn't have computers and we got the school connected to the internet because they were saying, the school district was saying, these kids are deaf. How are they gonna use computers, right? And we got the kids set up with pen pals at other schools. And the kids were like, oh, my God, we didn't even do video. All we did was email. And the kids at the deaf school in Detroit were like, these kids don't know we're deaf because they were emailing back and forth with them. Wow. And they felt, I mean, talk about That's confidence normal. of the kids. They felt like they were regular kids. Yeah. That's what the teacher said to us because wow. they were so used to being looked down upon and not being able to fully participate it's in amazing. society. And these kids then were able to have pen pals. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was fascinating. It was fascinating. So technology can, this is my big thing. If used effectively and appropriately, technology can totally transform people's lives. I think sometimes people think, oh, it's just about kids doing social media or just about kids doing games or fooling around. And they don't look at the way it's changing lives. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's like I, a I equal, think some guys who are into conservative yeah. equal sports are like opposite. You know, like it be used for like extreme or bad. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> That's what. Well, the media it's also. Very enticing, yeah. It's the media everything. covers those stories. Yeah. And they. How do you educate kids with our death? Um, sign like it's all sign language. It's all and sign language. Also and the computers, the computers like change their lot. Yes, the computers can do all sign language. They can do all kinds of things. And the kids, the kids could read, so they had learned to read. So, like watching a video would be all closed captioned. They get yeah. It, amazing yeah it was very cool and these were all these were all poor kids these weren't kids that had tutors outside of school yeah. you know they didn't and the whole school was what a dedicated group of teachers mm. I mean they were dedicated to helping these students mm. not just learn but be able to be prepared to be successful in life wow. It was, it, that was, I mean, there's so many, there's so many amazing stories. I mean, I'm, I've been very privileged to have the opportunity to go into schools, to see where technology has been used amazingly, mm-hmm. to be able to see how teachers are transforming lives. It's really, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. So if you had to like summarize your like mission statement for the... It's making sure kids are well prepared for the future. Prepared. We talk about kids becoming engaged citizens of the world, mm-hmm. leaders and innovators. So that's what we want for kids. But we have to empower them both through their teachers and through their community to have opportunities that give them educational opportunities. We're also all about equity. You know, and a lot of people give lip service to equity, but you said it before, access to technology, access to online resources, access to experts online, it doesn't matter if you're in the Mississippi Delta in Rosedale, Mississippi, mm-hmm. or if you're in L.A. Yep. It can be the same. Sure. It didn't I used mean, to yeah, be that yeah. way, but it can be now. Sure. And per year in donations, what is that? Uh, uh, our budget is about a million dollars. You guys are getting a million dollars? Yeah. From so the same about, or random? No, or? it's from all sorts of different people. So our budget's a million dollars. Think half you of that, that mark every is... Year. A million dollars every year. Our budget is about 50% is earned income. So that's, again, the research projects, the training that people are paying us for. The other half is from corporations or foundations. So in total, a million dollars. A million dollars, yeah. We do a lot of work. We're very efficient with a million dollars. For sure. You should be, honestly, you should should be running bigger corporations. They just (laughs) waste I'm sure you guys could uh, find a way to to really uh, be, make them more efficient. But um, how, in terms of the fundraising, how does that? Work? How do you guys do that? Um, so on the corporate sponsorship side, um, I'm really picky. Some people aren't. Some people in nonprofits will say, "I'll take a check from anybody." Mm. That's not the way we work this. So I want to have a relationship with the company, and I want to make sure that I understand that they support our mission and our values. Mm-hmm. So I'm very discriminating. Quick yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm very discriminating about who we partner with, mm-hmm. and then we really get to know them well. Mm-hmm. So we have a small set of companies that we have worked with year after year. They appreciate our values. They appreciate what we do. We're on the same page. Um, 
so we have those corporate partners and then we have the foundations that we work with again a small set of foundations Mm -hmm. because sometimes we find joseph and it's unfortunate um that some foundations either have like a particular i'll give you an example there are some foundations that say we're not going to pay attention to you the nonprofits that are working in the space we know better so we want to fund projects that address our mission statement. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, those foundations, they're smart people and they have good ideas, but they are not connected in with the schools and the communities. Mm-hmm. And so too often I see nonprofits will change their mission because they want to get money from this foundation or they want to get a grant from this foundation. Yeah. We don't do that. We understand that, once again, The most important thing is understanding the voices of students. We listen to the ideas of teachers. We know what levers we have to press. So we look for folks that respect our expertise and then are willing to give us to empower what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen too often foundations can come in and really screw up a nonprofit because they'll say, we we know better. And so here's, here's the way you should do this. And then later they'll come back a couple years later and they'll go, oh, that didn't work. You shouldn't have done that. Well, we just changed our whole nonprofit Mm -hmm. to be what you wanted because you were going to give us Mm $100,000. So I'm also, I'm very discriminating about who we partner with. Have you ever, like, regretted? Have I regretted? Like, partners? I'm sure we're... I'm sure over 20 years old, you're like an expert. You could just see somebody and you just know exactly. I'm, I'm better today than I used to be. I think that there was some work that we did in the past that people had funded us for a long time, even prior to my coming in, mm-hmm. that um, I told them no after a couple years. Well, I said, you know, and that's, I mean, that's like people go, you said no to money? <laughs> and yeah, because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't right. Sure. And, and so you have to... Whether you're running a for-profit or a non-profit business, you have to stay true to your values mm-hmm. and you have to stay true to your mission. Otherwise, you end up losing your values and losing your mission. Sure. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Love, yeah. So that's why the earned income is so important because... We said, you said half of that is earned income? Is there earned 500, income? 500000 income, yeah. 500,000 donations. Yeah. And yeah. Like per year, you could go through the million or... Yeah, we, we generally do. We have a reserve. We're, we're well run from a financial standpoint. So, you know, mm-hmm. from a non-profit standpoint, because you never know. You never know what's going to happen. You need to, just like a company, mm-hmm. you need to have a reserve. Of course. So we have, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars each year that we keep in reserve mm-hmm. in case we have some sort of an emergency or also in case there is a need that comes up. So, for example, uh, two years ago, right at the end of COVID, Mm -hmm. when the L.A. schools were just opening up again, particularly in the elementary schools, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of concern about students' social and emotional health, Mm -hmm. particularly little kids. Here in L.A., it was really bad. It was just, I mean, kids had lost grandparents, had lost parents, or the economy was so bad. You know, the online schooling didn't work for kids. So we were able to partner with a company that had a program mm-hmm. for teachers to help kids feel better about themselves and help with social-emotional learning. Like, a ther- like therapy? It was of. like therapy, but it was in the classroom. And mm-hmm. it was games that the teachers could play. And there was, there was a little monkey 
that then talked to the kids. It was super cute. It was for little kids. And we did that with 50 schools here in Los Angeles. Gave the teachers the curriculum. We trained them. We gave them this little monkey (laughs) that they were able to use with the kids. Uh, And it was great. It was fabulous. But that we took out a reserve to be able to do that because we thought that was important enough a project that we wanted to fund that ourselves. Amazing. Yeah. And definitely, like, the social, like, emotional is, like, huge. Like, it's huge. Changes, changes the game for a lot of kids, I'm sure. Yeah. And then, so how does, like, with the time frame, in terms of time frame, you get a product, you're able to implement it to 50 schools? Yeah, and yeah, pretty quickly. Like, pretty quickly, because the any school that we went to, and we went to, we were in public schools, charter schools, and parochial schools, Catholic schools. Mm-hmm here in the city, yeah. uh, mostly in the high poverty areas. Um, when we brought it to the principal, they were like, oh yeah, we need this right away. Mm-hmm. Our kids are so depressed. Our kids are unhappy. We have kids not coming to school. It was just, you know, it was that first year right after COVID. And so we were able to but do that. you reaching out to all the schools, yeah, obviously? Yeah, we reached out to them. But we only had capacity. You reached out to like 150 to get back to you? Or like oh, no. We reached out to hundreds of schools. Hundreds? And we had to pick 50. We only oh, had we had to pick 50. So you, they wanted yeah. more schools? Right? Yeah, they want more of it. But well, we only had funds for 50. So we worked with 50 schools. we got to get you more funds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And 35. But that's, okay. That, yeah. It help. would help. It would help. Right. Yeah. Because that's I'm the type of stuff. That's the stuff. I mean, there's so much need. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and here's here's yeah. the other, here's the other thing. This is one, this is another thing. We're really good at Joseph because we have such great relationships with schools all across the country. We know what's actually happening in schools. You know, I talk to principals all the time. I talk to superintendents all the time. I told you I was just with the school board members. I was talking to them. So we really have our finger on the pulse of what the challenges are. So we just we did a study this past spring, as I said, about why teachers are leaving the profession. We did a study about what, if students are engaged in learning or not. So 50%, listen to this, Joseph. Tell me what you think about this. This is a big national study. We had 42,000 high school students that completed this online survey for us. 50% of them told us that they're engaged in what they're learning in school, and 50% said they're not engaged in what they're learning in school. Wow. They're just going through the motion That's in right. high school. Right? Now, how, what's going to happen to those 50% of the kids All over. that were not oh, engaging wow. in like learning? Tuesday. Tuesday. We can't. You know, we Tuesday can't. Tuesday. You have to be 10 minutes early. We can't spend the next 10 years coming up with new ideas. we got to address this right now. There's a sense of urgency. Those kids aren't staying there waiting until the adults come and figure out the problem. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's fantastic. Also, like, I could tell, like, you guys are obviously connected to the school boards, and that's how you get it feel. But, like, the fact that you purposely make an effort to, like, think differently and that you... Connect with the kids and get feedback. Absolutely, I think that's the most important part. That is because the kids. That, that's know what drives. It yeah. drives me every day. It drives yeah. me every day. It's so like most remember, the, I told yeah. you about Mississippi. Yeah. And I told you about this lovely young woman that I'm still connected with on LinkedIn. Yeah. <clears throat> I carry what she said to me that day. This is a long time ago. What she said to me that day 
in Rosedale, Mississippi every day. She said to me, she said, Miss Evans, how come our teachers don't realize that when we're not using technology for learning, when they're not listening to us, they're holding back our future? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And kids still feel that way, right? Yeah. Some kids. Some kids have great teachers. I did a panel discussion with kids last year, and this kid was telling me about his African-American studies teacher, and he was like going on and on about how engaging she is and how he hangs on every word. And then he would talk about his other classes and say, I don't feel the same way in those other classes. Yeah, unfortunately, it's like you have one teacher in your yeah. school like life where it's like that, yeah. and the rest are all just like dumb. So, yeah. yeah. We got to change that, though. Yeah. We're not helping kids prepare for the future when, in that environment. Teachers don't want to be there, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. That's why we have to think, that's why we have to think differently about teachers who we pay, recruit. Teachers should be paid like athletes. Yes. <laughs> They're scientists. Yeah. See, I talk about teachers all the time as scientists. They understand the science of learning. They understand about how to engage kids in learning. Yeah. They understand about this kid learns differently than this kid. And we have to address our learning differently. Sure. So I always think of them as scientists. They should be paid like researchers, like scientists, yeah. like <laughs> astrophysicists. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a problem. It's important Ath work. Athletes are making a billion dollars. Yes. Teachers are making next to nothing. Yeah. Definitely a much more important job. Yeah. The latter. But what can you do? It's the way the world is. Yeah. We got to so. change it. You can always change the world. People change the world every day. I agree. I'm, I'm doing it one step at a time. I need more people. Yeah. To do that. Let me let me be my uh, let me have my role in helping you change the world. Yeah. And get the 35k that you guys need. Um, so marketing plan. Yep. How, how does that uh, work? Uh, so the marketing plan is. Um, how am I going to phrase this to you? So it depends upon our programs. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, for this teacher training that we're doing around computational thinking, we have a marketing plan where we're working directly with other organizations. So in New York City, we're working with the New York City Department of Education. Mm. Okay. In Michigan, we're working with the Mich Michigan State Department of Education. So our partners there are that. In California here, we're working with a group called AVID. Anna, do you know what AVID is? Did you, um, where'd you go to high school? I went to high school in Hancock Park. Okay. Okay, yep. Private. AVID is a program that uh, mostly it's in schools that are um, serving kids that are under-resourced, challenged kids. And it starts in middle school, and it's to help kids think about being successful in the future and how to study. Mm -hmm. It's really about how to study well and give kids opportunities for different types of learning experiences. They're all over the country. We have been huge partners with AVID for a long time because, again, they share our values about supporting kids and preparing them for the future. So our marketing plan for that particular program is working with tight partnership. We're a huge believer that, one, this is going to sound crazy, one plus one can equal three if you have the right partners. So you can do stuff that people say isn't possible if you have the right partnerships together, but they have to be win-wins for everyone. Yeah. So we believe very strongly in partnerships. Mm -hmm. So for that particular program, that's all about identifying who are the right partners, and then we do that. 
Our marketing plan in terms of the teacher training that we're doing and how we want to go to market with that, that's part of what I wrote up in the application. I need to develop better marketing collateral to be able to attract new partners. So that's one of the things that, you know, if people know us and they've seen our work, then they know we do good work. But I need to be able to um, do a better job of creating some true marketing collateral. So that's kind of the piece that we're at. Marketing collateral? Brochures. Oh, okay. uh, My website. Sure. um, That tells our story better. Mm. So that's part of what I'm I'm hoping to be able to do. Yeah. Maybe... Social media, looking yeah. look into yeah. that. Like yeah, we got to. We have to do better at that. You know, it's there's always a situation with nonprofits that you have a lot more work to do than you have people capacity to do. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly prioritizing. For sure. I mean, with ten people, you guys. I thought you guys had like at least like thirty people. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's why we have to work through partnerships. Yeah. So we have to do. We have to be really effective with our partnerships. So from a marketing plan standpoint. That's an area that we do need some improvement in. I want to do more on our website. I want to do more with social media. I want to do more in terms of documenting our results Mm -hmm. so that we can then share that with more partners. Sure. Um, And then community engagement. Yeah, and and it's, remember, we're national. So our community engagement is with schools and districts all across the country thousands and thousands of school districts that we partner with and we engage with and we help them with community engagement so i told you i just got back from alabama last night so that was the speech that i gave to the school board members was how to effectively communicate with their community how to engage their community because we have a lot of research around what parents want out of their child's education and so that was what that speech was about so we do engagement with school districts all across the country. We're right now, this is super cool, we're right now in the process of setting up, it's going to be a network of our schools. We've never done that, but we're going to actually formalize our partnering schools into a network so that they can learn from each other. Because wow. right now, it's Project Toronto in the Middle, right? And we talk to all these different school districts. How many schools? Probably 1,500 school districts. So, I think 1,500 school districts. 30,000 schools? Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? So, so project can all collaborate Toronto's, and they so can share what you worked, what you yes, work. Yeah, it's genius. Yeah. So I've got to get, I got to get them all in a network together yeah. and set up, we're going to set up a professional learning community, so an online community that they can all feel part of and they can feel safe in, and they can go and they can ask each other questions and say, yeah. hey, you know what? You're like my, your community and my community are like the same. How are you solving this problem? How are you solving that problem? Because see, and again, because I came from the tech industry, I have like an outsider viewpoint. Educators think every school is unique and their problems are all unique because they don't have a natural way to collaborate with each other. So we're going to try and break that down by creating this Project Tomorrow Network. Wow. 30,000 schools. Yes. How many schools are in America? Um, There's 15,000. I always look at it from the district level. There's about 15,000, 16,000 school districts 
in the United States. So we're we're dealing with about ten percent of them. So think about that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's huge. Um, and like in the individual communities, and we talked about how like you're like the because they're educated, like obviously yeah, the whole community is impacted. But other than that, like the individual impact on the communities is it's huge. Yeah, it's. I mean, we're talking about economic self-sufficiency, right? Yeah, all the kids. Just we're talking have about. Life. We're talking, but it's more than that. You know, I mean, sometimes, and I know, talking Marshall School, right? Sometimes people get too hung up on the money side, right? Because yeah. there's a there's a well-being in a community. Sure. It's it's about economic self-sufficiency, but yeah. we also want people to be good citizens. Right. Mm-hmm. So down. we want them to to vote. We want them to be informed about voting. We want them to feel good about their future. Mm-hmm. We want them to take care of themselves from a health standpoint. Yeah. And education helps. Education has an impact on all of that. Happy. It's it's health. the foundation for everything. If you don't have a good solid education, I mean the numbers are staggering. Yeah. Absolutely staggering. You know, if kids are not reading at grade level, listen to this, Joseph. If kids are not reading at grade level by fourth grade, so if I'm a fourth grader and I'm still reading at the first grade level, Is that... the chances of that kid dropping out of school and getting involved in crime are so much higher. It's not just about what happens in high school. We actually have to set up the little kids to be successful because then it puts them on the right path to be yeah. successful. Yeah, it's tremendous. It's definitely, it's huge. Do you think the trend for like education is going, I think it's going up, obviously? I am. I think but I was... Somehow the kids' levels, you think, are, are decreasing or because no, of social media? No, I think there's... There's a whole big school of thought on this, and we could spend hours on this. Yeah. You know, the state standardized test, does that, does that really, what does that tell you? It tells you a kid's a good test taker. I never did well on those, to be right. honest. Right, of course. Most people don't. <laughs> no, Most yeah. people don't. But everybody looks at those state standardized tests and says, oh, this school's an A and this school's an F. Yeah. That, you can't look at it that way. You have yeah. to look at it through other measures. We have to look at... Where If I graduate from this high school, right, whatever that high school is, am I going to college? Am I successful in college? Am I going into the military and being successful? Am I going into the workforce? Am I going to L.A. Trade Tech? Am I getting a job? And am I able to provide for my family? We have to look at different metrics than how many kids were past the math test. So that's... That's a whole big conversation in education because people want to hold educators accountable, but they think about it in a factory model. They don't think about it that Julie learns a certain way, Joseph learns a certain way, yeah. David learns a different way. Sure. You know, everybody's individuals because we're human beings. It's different than if I'm running a factory and I want every single widget to come out looking exactly the same. I want every single car to come out looking exactly the same. That's not what we can do with kids. And when we, the best thing we can do with kids is empower them to be effective learners, to feel good about their future, to have ambition, and to give them educational opportunities where they can find their passion in life. 
And if 50% of the high school kids tell us they're not engaged in what they're learning, then something's wrong. Yeah. Something's wrong here. We got to change that. Mm -hmm. It's a little off topic, but do you think military service could help a lot? A lot. Really? I I definitely do. Yeah. Like, do you think mandatory military service? No, I don't think mandatory military (laughs) service. But I think for some some people, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, And it wasn't, it was his choice. My nephew graduated from the University of Maryland with a degree. He wanted to go into sports reporting. He had an internship with ESPN. He was on the track. And he decided he wanted to join the Army. Wow. And now he's a medic in the Army. He absolutely loves it. He found his passion. He loves service. Uh, He's a medic in the Army. He's just coming back next week. He's been in Africa for the last six months on a humanitarian mission where they go into villages in Africa that haven't had any medical doctors there Mm -hmm. in months. And my nephew, Austin, is helping people with dental stuff. He's helping people with skin diseases, all kinds of stuff. The U.S. Army is doing that. It's not just about war. It's also about helping people around the world. And he absolutely loves it. Absolutely loves it. He found his passion. I definitely can't really do force, like mandatory service, but I feel like if kids... Like a kid, if kids in like high school, elementary level, if like the schools incorporated some sort of like, I mean, community service is one thing, but like, real like real kind of like, I don't know, like maybe it's like a two week trip and like they yeah. take them to like really like show yeah. what like life is actually like yeah. instead of like the bubble that we live in. Yeah, exactly. Be very helpful. Yeah. My parents are from Singapore. Yeah. And so, my dad and I was from Indonesia. He grew up really poor, but my mom is from Singapore, and um, the schools there are really like. Even back then, like yeah. they're probably ahead of like a lot of schools you, today here. Oh, Singapore schools are world renowned. Yeah, for being the top of the top, particularly in math. Yeah, and they would take her. They would have all these trips, take her like around the world mm-hmm. to like all these like places wow. to do like community service. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, she would always tell me that. Like, yeah, tell me like my. I, l- I love when I love when schools get kids out of school. Right? Yeah. To see the real world and to see what's happening in the real world. And that can be community service or it could be externships or it could be field trips. For a while in Orange County, we were doing a program where we were taking high school kids into companies in Orange County so that they could learn about different careers. Yeah. Right? So the kids, so we took kids, it was so much fun. We took kids into this company, it's not there anymore. It was a chip manufacturer, and we were talking with the engineers. Okay, so the engineers were so excited these high school kids were coming in. You know, they were, they were engineers. They were wanted to talk about their products, right? The kids wanted to talk to the engineers. These are the questions the kids were asking the engineers. What was your favorite subject when you were in high school? Did you know you were going to go to college? Yeah. How did you know you were going to be an engineer? What do, you, what do you like about your job? They wanted to talk. The engineers wanted to talk about their products, which were kind of boring. But the kids wanted to know about the humanistic side. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best way to learn. It's the best way to learn. And it turned out one of these engineers. Yeah, and I had known these guys for a long time. We had been doing this for a while. But this one engineer was saying, he was in charge of quality control. He said, oh, he said, I was a screw-up in high school. He said, I almost dropped out. He said, then I ended up 
going to community college. It took me four years to get my AA at community college. And then I transferred. He went to Cal State Fullerton and became an engineer. He said, but yeah, he said, I wasn't on the traditional path. He said, but now I love my job. He said, I'm very successful. It was just, it was just eye-opening for these kids from some of the poorer parts of Orange County that, they, that the ideal of what school, what their career path could be, could take different journeys. I, uh, I couldn't agree more. When it's like a, because the setting of school is like very formal, when yeah. it's like casual and less formal, yeah. you just naturally learn a lot easier. Yes. Also, I think the way that schools are, like the architecture, like physical, does not promote. No, it doesn't. It's very depressing. It's, yeah, there's no it light. Doesn't. No. And you're in there for hours. Yeah. And like, yeah. If there's, I don't know, I'm not an educator, but if they like made it like a school that was like kind of outdoors, kind yes. of, yes, yes, I don't know, if it's really possible, but uh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay, really quick, I don't want to take more of your time, honestly. <laughs> this has been fascinating, though. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Me for me too. Um, so, John Doris right here right now, yeah. and he says it's thirty-five thousand. What are you telling him for what project? I'm telling. What I would tell him is the same thing I told him twenty-four years ago, right? which is I am motivated on making sure that every single kid is well prepared for the future so that they have the very best life experiences they can have. And the key to that is a good education. And our work at Project Tomorrow is to try as much as we can is to help kids get those sort of educational opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so we do that every day. And, okay, it's perfect. And the next year you just same stuff you've been just doing. More. Just more. I mean, this is the thing. It's all... And sometimes I think people don't realize this. Um, we do a lot with seven people because we're very technology savvy. Yeah. We leverage the technology that we have. We're very partnership oriented because we work with partners. You get double effect from that. Yeah. We're very smart about where we know the levers are so we don't waste time pulling levers that aren't going to have an impact so we make an impact that way so we're very efficient in what we do so that means that with additional funds we can have really exponential growth because we already have the foundation pieces in place Mm -hmm. we're not trying to figure out where should we go what needs to be done or do research on where the challenges are we already know that and because we have our ear the ground particularly listening to students we're always continuously improving that we've got a continuous improvement loop we're going this is interesting this is different the pandemic changed everything we studied kids i was interviewing kids every single week joseph through the pandemic all across the country getting their feedback it was amazing And then I was feeding that back to schools and teachers saying, do you understand this is what your kids are saying? Do you understand this is what kids are feeling? So we've got that line to be able to understand what's happening. So additional funding that we get, we're ready to go to impact more kids. Seems like you're fired up. Always. (laughs) Always. Yeah, always. (laughs) So what's the process here? How does this work? Um, So I have to write a paper. Okay. I'm going to pitch the class, and then hopefully if I win, then it goes to, like, the next phase. I hope you win. <laughs> yeah. No, if I have any, like, more questions for, like, the oh, paper yeah. and, like, the yeah. pitch. Like, yeah. You know where to find me. You yeah. have my cell phone number. Okay. I gave you that. Thank Contact you so me anytime. All right. Now, I'm traveling a lot over the next couple of weeks. When is your paper due? 
On the 12th, I believe. Okay. All right. Next week? Yeah. Okay. I'm in Michigan next week. Okay. Training teachers. <laughs> I'm going to see um, this woman who... <laughs> yeah. Actually... The one you t- told me about? No, uh, no, I'm not going to see her this okay. time. Yeah. Um, well. Good luck. Well, let me know if you so need anything time. else. Yeah, yeah this amazing. Is, this is fascinating. Yeah. Um, I, I love this program. I love this program here at USC. You guys do it every year? No, well, we did it. I was telling my husband. We did it a couple of years ago. We applied. Mm-hmm. And then something happened. We made it to this next round, right? Yeah. But something happened from a scheduling standpoint, and I couldn't meet with the student. Uh, when they needed to meet and so we ended up having to drop out so when it came up again it comes up every year right Mm because they they have us on a list uh so i hadn't applied in a couple years i was like oh i'm gonna do it this time so i'm so glad we got a chance to meet glad you gave me the opportunity yeah yeah it's wonderful and definitely uh probably ask you some questions yeah (laughs) absolutely i want to i want to get the grant for you guys all right well thank you so very much yeah Thanks, um, I, I love talking about our work. I absolutely yeah. love it. For me, I'm 22, college, not really sure what I want to do. It's very inspiring. Because you, you guys have a purpose. Yeah. I'm sure you love what you do. And it gives you fulfillment, you know? Well, you see, you see impact. And sometimes people will say, yeah. oh my gosh, the education system's changed so slow. Don't you get discouraged? Yeah. I see impact all the time. Yeah. So. You guys have values. Yeah. Well, Where'd, thanks so much, Chris. Yeah, where'd you park? I parked over in the Figueroa behind the hotel, so... Do so you know how to get there? Yeah. Okay. It's, they're actually... Oh, shortcut. Yeah, you know how to get there, right? Yeah, I know where I'm going. Okay, I have to I get to class? I just couldn't find you. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you All right, so much. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you. It. Have a great day. That's a blast. Let me Take know care. what else you need.